What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. All right, gentlemen. Well, look, this is a milestone because the past couple weeks, uh, we've all been scattered around. So we've actually got all three of us in Mm. one room today. So that's awesome. And, uh, And we have a dope guest for you. We've got a Renaissance man who wears many hats. Uh, He reps Van City. He's a writer, editor, label owner, PR guy. He actually uh, was has been a plug for us, so he he helped uh, connect us to some great guests like Flea Lord and John Jiggs and Pounds. So most importantly, he's a dad, a new dad. So welcome to the show, Jordan Commander. Thank you very much, guys. Excited definitely to be on the show. So let's get into it. Um, let's do it. Four months old. That's that's where you're at. Yeah. So on Monday, he'll be uh, four months old. I mean, you know, four months by the he was born on June 18th. So Monday will be October 18th. Mm. Yeah, that's how we yeah. count it. The, don't get into all the like 31st. Weeks? <laughs> yeah. The faster you can get out of like this many weeks old, the better yeah. you will be because you'll find <laughs> yourself like. Oh, my kid is 36 weeks old and uh, it's, it's too much. I used to be like uh, 36 weeks, years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My wife used to point that out. She said, why does he keep saying it? <laughs> weeks I, and <laughs> old. I used to be highly annoyed by people that use that and used to say like this many weeks old. I used to be like, just tell me their actual age. Yeah, I, I can't like a year and a half. And then you start using the weeks and you're like, oh, yeah, you get caught up. What, what's the big. So this is your first child, correct? It is. And, okay. uh, uh, you know, I don't want to give my exact age, but I'm an older dad, too. So, uh, yeah, first kid later on in life. Don't worry. We don't judge. You're among friends. here. <laughs> among <laughs> old friends. <laughs> what's the biggest shock? Or, or on the other side, not necessarily like in a bad way, because the shock could be a good thing. But like, what's the biggest shock that you've encountered in the last four months and understanding what it is to have a child? Man, I don't I honestly don't think we were ready at all. I, I, uh, I honestly felt like people kept a whole bunch of shit to themselves. So you would <laughs> have a kid and have to deal with it yourself and get hit with the same shit. That's real shit. Like, like what? Like, what, what's the big one? The big one is probably at the beginning with the sleep. Like, the they got to eat every two, three hours. And if they don't get up, you got to wake them up. So you got to have, like, alarm set. And you got to be on it. Because if your kid starts to lose too much weight, mm-hmm. uh, they need to gain that birth weight back. And then they need to double it within, like, three months. So it's like it's like a goal that you're shooting for. And all of a sudden, it becomes, it becomes like something very much more real than I, I expected. I thought like, kid comes out, like as long as it's eating, it's doing fine. You know, like feed him three times a day. Like, 
know. Uh, I never heard of the, about having to wake them up. I'm just so used to my, well, my son and just hearing stories of, in general of the kids always waking up through the, through the night because they're hungry. But I, that, that idea of having to actually wake them up to make sure they're eating, that's a new one. Man. I, I mean, you know, I can guarantee that through, you know, all different times in history and even just different times within the last couple of decades, everything just keeps changing. Cause I know that my mom and dad were not on half of the stuff that they told us that we got to do. Like For clearly sure. they definitely were not. But I mean, like another thing, this one really got me too is so, you know, I'm in Vancouver, BC. So I'm sure that, you know, the reputation of Vancouver and I, I have smoked a lot of weed throughout my life and continued to do so uh, right up until about four months ago. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I like, you know, I moved through maybe somewhere just under half an ounce in a week. I, I'm like smoking all day. Like I'm busy doing all this shit, but like I try to stay like in a mind state where, you know, it, it's not stressing me out too much. I'm just not thinking about it. I'm just trying to roll through everything I got to do. So we, so a couple of things. My wife had a, a breached or my son was breached, which means that he didn't turn over and get ready to come out. So his head was up instead of down. All right. And so because he was breached, they did an actual scheduled C-section for my wife. So she was kind of excited about that because then we actually knew and it's not a big surprise and you don't have all this worry of when it's going to happen. But because of that, she's got to stay in the hospital for an extra little bit longer, right? Because they're doing the operation. So we had to stay in the hospital for three days and uh, it was really nice hospital, really nice space. It, it almost was kind of like a hotel room and it was really close to like, where we used to live and close to all kinds of amenities. So they fed her the whole time, but I needed to go out and, you know, like get lunch and dinner and everything. So I'd go out and get lunch and dinner and I'd go smoke like half a joint. I try not to get too high because it seemed like, you know, there's some serious shit. So I should be <laughs> level, level head. So be, be responsible a little bit. It, it was, you know, everything was cool. It was, everything was smooth. And then like at, just before they discharged us, they're trying to give us all this information. They're like, do you know anybody that smokes? And we're like, no, not a lot of people that like smoke cigarettes or anything. But I was like, but I, I smoke a lot of weed. And <laughs> the nurse was like, well, here's the thing. If anybody does smoke cigarettes or you, you need to change your clothes before you interact with the baby. And you should even shower first. Wow. So... I ain't never heard that. I've I've never heard any of my friends or anybody. Yeah, they didn't give you reasons? Anything. Like the reasons for that? Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, then I read up on it. And I guess that whatever it is that's lingering uh, is very dangerous for the baby. And it's, you know, smoker parents are much, much, much more at risk for SIDS, apparently, because mm. of this. So mm. as soon as I read all this, I'm like, I don't want to say I'm a paranoid guy, but I'm like, if I have the information and it's there for me, then I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I'm doing what's right, right. you know, for my family, for my wife, definitely for my son. So all of a sudden now 
every time I smoke, I got to change clothes and shower. So this has completely cut my weed smoking down. And I had, I had like some really nice dispensary weed that I got as a, like a treat for after he was born. And I had a, uh, a quarter, quarter left of just my regular. I only finished that quarter like last week. Wow. It literally lasted me for four months and I haven't even touched the good dispensary stuff. And that, I mean, that's life changing. I'm telling you, like to go from like, you know, zero yeah. to six year, actually backwards. Backwards. Yeah. <clears throat> that was, that was the thing, you know, it's the thing that I used to do to like, you know, calm my mind. So how do you how do you feel i'm I'm curious do you notice the difference in, in Does it have you on edge just how you feel are you on more on edge or do you feel normal it's funnily enough i you know both my wife and i were both worried about it like my wife is not you know she doesn't really you know smoke like that or anything she's not like me at all so she was definitely worried because she she saw at a point where i tried to slow down for a sec and it wasn't it wasn't great at that point in my life. And she was like, how is this going to turn out for us all? But I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm like just so fucking tired all the time. <laughs> maybe I just don't have the energy to be on edge like that. But I don't know. It's actually it's not been too bad. You know, I mean, you know, I miss it a little bit. But other than that, it's I'll it's sing you some cool. of those. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. <laughs> Smoke champs. <laughs> uh but jordan so the the whole sids thing i i never heard that before so and by the way for those that may not know what sids is it's sudden infant death syndrome uh it's fucked up kids you know unfortunately pass away over some bunch of different scenarios but ultimately you, you're saying what you learned was there's something about marijuana that or all smoke no, all smoke all Just smoke I guess it's the carcinogen. That's the specifics right there. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a gem right there. I had no idea. And so you validated that. You you did your own kind of research on and then you you convinced based on the research that that's what it was. Yeah, and it wasn't just Dr. Google. Like, you know, I mean, right. I, I went to a couple of parenting books and whatnot, check checks. <laughs> so that's the other thing is Dr. Google just starts becoming like very entrenched in your life when you oh, become a new parent. Yeah. Oh, for anything for anything you believe you might have, there's something uh -huh. to validate it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, your toe it, hurts. You have cancer. Yeah, I'm saying like, it's dangerous. Is it? I tell I tell my so I have a 14 year old. That's my eldest. I got three, but she's my oldest, and she's in this phase where she's consuming a lot of TikTok. And there's like these reels that show up every now and again where it's like claiming to teach you certain things about other things, right? And so. Some of the stuff is actually pretty cool and good, right? Productive stuff. But then there's other things that it's just like she comes out of there like like it's a fact. And I'm like, you gotta do you gotta research three different sources before you can come and tell me that it's a fact. And Google can only be one of them. Like you gotta go deeper, right? Not not like go to the library, but don't just take whatever the first search result is and like hand it over as as evidence. Yeah. And, it, and it, you know, it's kind of like back in the day, like you would do like a, a book report or some sort of paper. They want you to have three sources. And that's gone by the wayside. Like nobody, everything comes at you so fast now that 
even we do it, I'm sure. Like, but even the Google sources it. suck nowadays because they'll Google it, and the first couple sites are like, I know my shit.com, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they look, yeah. they know their shit.com. They this definitely got it, you know. That's one yeah, source, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Or you got to figure out what the you know, what's the what's the background on the source, like what's their agenda, right? Exactly. Right, exactly. That's the I mean, we're at now. It's like, all right, so you got this source, who are they? Why do you think that they're an actual reliable source? They're a non-biased source. It's hard, though. It's tough. The one that I trust most for parenting is, uh, like, where I'm at, BC, Canada, they have a specific health page, and they have a lot of information on parenting. And just because I do trust the healthcare system here, you know, that's that's the one I'm going to go to over everything else. That's the one I got bookmarked, the only one I got bookmarked. What what a difference from from a Canadian to an Amer- to Americans where he trusts his healthcare system. We're all like, well, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of foul. <laughs> <laughs> so now you smoke a lot less weed. You've I guess you've come to the conclusion that you're not as you don't need it as much as you thought you did, as far as to keep you level headed and anxiety down and all that. Is are you? Are you in the mindset that you're trying to completely remove marijuana from your life or are you kind of comfortable where you're at now? Oh, I'm not trying to remove it at all. If I could get out there and smoke a joint fucking a couple times a day, I would. But it includes three, four showers. It's not conducive to like living a normal life or being a dad. You know, it's not. So um, I, I still got the dispensary weed and I'm excited to actually like get into that and have a smoke but um i I got another good story for you too so as soon as i left the hospital we get home and we haven't eaten much that day because we were waiting for the doctor to come and say it was okay for us to leave so i didn't go for lunch and we didn't eat a lot that day so we get home and it gets towards dinner and you know i tell my wife okay i'm gonna order some food and i'm gonna, gonna go grab that so I roll up a joint, I go out, I smoke the joint, I grab the food, I come home. Seems like everything is going to be smooth. And I've already started setting alarms for when he should wake up to eat. So I get home and my wife and him are already asleep in the room. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm high. I'm just, I'm going to eat some dinner. I'm going to watch a show. Like, I'm really into some Star Wars. So I think it was like Bad Batch just started. So I was giving that a try. And I, you know, I'm sitting there. And then all of a sudden, I guess the alarm goes off in the room and wakes them both up. And my wife is so tired and she's so annoyed that the alarm has gone off and woke them both, woke them both up that she comes in and she's like, you got to take the kid. I need to sleep for at least like half an hour, an hour here. I need, I need to get this sleep. And I I can honestly tell you, honestly, from, you know, whatever, three decades of smoking weed, I have never had a panic attack. I've never felt that like hard anxiety. And I, (laughs) I can't even, I can't even explain it. Like I took that baby and I felt like I was going to break him like immediately. (laughs) Like I just felt like holding him like I, I, all of a sudden I didn't know how to do it I had taken this kid 
20 minutes out of my wife's stomach because they had to take her down to recovery. The nurse took us to the room, simply puts him into something like some clothes or some swaddle and gives them to me and takes off. <laughs> I had him 20 minutes out of there and I was, I was cool. Everything was smooth. I started singing to him. Everything was easy. I take him after smoking that joint and getting a little bit of that worry because my wife's mad at me. And I, I literally thought he was going to die within the next couple of minutes. Like, and it shook me to my core. I thought I was done smoking weed right then, like forever. I just thought like, if this is how it's going to be every time, like I, that's not, that's not a thing. Like that's not going to happen. Right. I, I feel yeah, you. That's, kicked in. that's real shit though. Like even minus the weed, like I've been in right. similar situations early on when I had my kids and I could, I could harken back to those moments. Like it was, it felt like the world was about to end like that, that kind of depth, you know? And it's, and then, you know, I'm laughing at it now because I, I know what the outcome is going to be, but yo, those moments are serious, man. I thought about it for like days later and thought like, did I though? Did I maybe break something? Like, <laughs> You never know. You just like, you don't, especially at the beginning time, like there's no, they don't have like real expression yet. Their neck is jiggly as a motherfucker. Like (laughs) there's just no telling, you know what I mean? I'm just like, I don't even know. When am I going to even know if I did something like, oh man, that, that really rocked me. (laughs) (laughs) How how are you finding your, uh, you know, now you've got, you've got lack of sleep going on. How are you finding getting your day to day done? Um, I, I got to assume, you know, with the writing and then just different projects, look, there's there's stuff to get done, but there's creativity involved in, in all this. So this is something that we all often talk about. How are you? How are you handling this? It is mad difficult I've like my wife took off a certain amount of time and she got a good amount of time off and she's you know she's a a wonderful mother and she takes care of him you know a lot of the time but because I work from home you're always involved you know I mean It, it doesn't matter like if you're doing work you're still involved if there's something that you know needs to be like I'm trying to take care of her well, she's trying to take care of him. So I've always done all the cooking in the household, for example. Uh, if she's got him most of the time, then any kind of like chore stuff that needs to be done or anything that's sort of, you know, anything that's just entering the level of like, you know, has to be taken care of. That's me. So, I mean, that interrupts so much of what I'm doing on a daily basis that it is hard to make sure that I'm focused enough to get stuff done. And one of the major things that I'm doing is I never planned to be a publicist at all, at all. But it's one of the it's one of the major parts of my life at this point. And when I have clients that I have to answer to, I really feel like like that's a serious thing for me. Like I don't ever want to let anybody down. I want to make sure that they get the most from their dollars. So, you know, it is it's a struggle and a fight to make sure that I'm focused, make sure that I'm getting everything done. Like I said, the the weed used to help me just not think of the list of things I had to do. I just moved through things. You know what I mean? Just this, that, go, this, go, go, go. At this point, I got to be a little bit more 
organized and a little bit more deliberate in what I do. Um, you know, starting from when I wake up to, you know, most of the time I'd stay up till one, two, sometimes three in the morning before he was born. At this point, that's not an option because if you don't go to bed at a certain time with the baby, you aren't going to get any sleep, period. So now like, you know, like 1130 is like late to me, like 12 is like, don't hit 12. Do not hit 12. So, and you, then you got to smoke two blunts at that point because the anxiety about like, damn, the next day's <laughs> fucked. Is it catches up with you? That's real talk. So, so how do you how do you go about prioritizing and planning out your day? Because again, like Kay said, we talk about this shit all the time, and I don't think we have we definitely haven't figured out the right formula for ourselves. But again, like you, you've set some per- parameters that you know you're trying to stay within, which is a, a difference, right? But how do you maintain productivity while knowing what to really focus on versus what to throw away or move to another time slot or what have you? Uh, So, I mean, posting on social media is a very important part of what I do. So I got to make sure that I'm hitting like before certain hours and I got to make sure that I'm doing enough but not too much it's always like a fight against the algorithm but also a fight to make sure that i'm getting my clients coverage up so that's that's definitely one thing where like i gotta be considerate as soon as i wake up how many posts i'm gonna do and stuff like that the other thing is i have some clients that you know some clients are for publicity uh when you talked about me having a label I don't specifically have a label. I'm a label manager for one specific label and then like even more than a label manager for uh, Specials Trust, uh, TCF Music Group. So that is a regular contract. I work for him all the time. So definitely dealing with his stuff definitely has a certain priority because it's you know what I'm doing day in and day out. And if I don't take care of it, it's not, it's not going to get done. And I need to make sure that, you know, the machine is rolling on and everything is, is getting to where it needs to go. So that's one thing. Uh, On the other hand, probably what I like to do most, like I enjoy writing, but there's two different kinds of writing. There's like writing for like a daily kind of blogger site. That's just, excuse me, but it's just like some bullshit writing. It's fucking nothing. You know what I mean? Then there's writing for like a a more serious site. So I write for Bandcamp. And when I write for Bandcamp, they give me like a month to do an article and they actually pay me properly. Mm -hmm. So that is actual writing. That's where I'm putting some effort in. And there's a lot of consideration of the voice and where I'm coming from, what angle of the story, all that sort of stuff. So I do enjoy that. But what I really would like to do strictly as a job is what I do is cover collages. And I actually like hand cut out comic books and put together covers. So um, I do a lot of that too, but that comes in very last in the priority of the list of things. So I got to get all this other stuff done and then like sort of maybe at night, 
go through like a stack of comic books and find some cool images and get to cutting and then get to the layout and get to the like i i don't use photoshop for this at all like glue down type of shit so yeah this this is almost like the the dessert at the end of your day like you really enjoy it but you got to get through all your like core responsibilities before you can absolutely have have some flying or whatever your choice of dessert is and don't, and have things, it go, don't have it go past midnight also right? Right. exactly exactly one of the things i could say though being that i'm the one that has the youngest of the, the guys here is that whenever i thought i found a, a groove or a rhythm to where i could say okay now this is the rhythm of how things are working day to day and i can adjust my work or creativity schedule to that it changes so much because the kids are growing and they're changing every day and, you know, it's not till they finally get into, well, I have two. So until they both get into school regularly, that's when you'll have, you know, more of a consistent schedule. And so it changes so much that I'm always like, oh, thrown off completely. And and I'll tell you, look forward to that because that's what's going to start. That's what's going to be happening for a while now. Well, I, I got to say this, you know, the, the hold my beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So me, me and my wife call it the hold my bottle because anytime you get something <laughs> set and you think that's how it is, then little Dunn says, hold my bottle. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> that's definitely real. Yeah, I, I want to switch topics real quick because I, I and I don't know how relevant you'll find this, but just given the season we're in approaching Halloween, I thought it was an appropriate topic. So my youngest, she's five. And the the I'd say over the last week, maybe three nights or so, she's gotten up super early. Like she's, she's going to kindergarten now, thank God. And now we kind of have a, a sleep time routine where she'll, she'll get up at like early at six forty-five in the morning. And then we kind of get to getting to school, but she's gotten up at like four and like, you know, a little after midnight, that kind of shit. And then she ends up in our bed. And when I ask her, like, when I, when I come to her in the morning, I'm like, yo, so what happened? Like, what, what's going on? And she's like, somebody's watching me and I'm I'm like the fuck <laughs> so and then she you know like what do you mean like no there's somebody like like a, a ghost watching me and I was like how how are you putting this together so I'm asking all these questions and she's like no I think it's grandma and and I'm like but you haven't seen like my my wife's mom who passed away and and she's like no, I think it's her. And I'm like, but you, you've barely seen any pictures of her. Like we have pictures, but they're like tucked away somewhere. And the last time she probably saw him was like, I don't know, years ago, but she referenced where we keep the pictures. She was like, no, it's in the Brown box, the Brown wooden box. So we go grab the box, start fumbling through pictures, not telling her anything. And she's like, that's her. Yeah. She looks like that. And like she kept picking out the pictures. That's freaky. Yo, son. And my wife is like, she on some like Casper the Friendly Ghost type shit. Like my wife, like she be seeing spirits every now and again. Like, oh, she be she like nonchalantly. Oh, oh, there's one. Yeah, she's like, no, so and so's here. I'm just like, nah, you can't, you can't do that. You can't tell me that shit. I think I might have. I'm gonna, I'm gonna co-sign your daughter on that because I have a similar story from when I was a kid. Really? Okay. Oh, so I'll wrap, wrap this up. But in any case, like, so that's that's where we're at. Like she sees her. She she's like. I'm I'm afraid, but she's not panicked. My daughter's a drama queen, so she'll jump into like screaming for anything, but she doesn't do that. She has a blanket that she loves and she walks everywhere with. So she just covers her face with a blanket 
and that's it. So we're looking like, like my wife's like, yeah, it's probably her. Yeah, so, legitimize, like whatever, legitimize. What what is the word? Legitimize. Legitimately. <laughs> no, legitimize. No, that's not a legitimize. word. Legitimize. Yeah, there you go. Legitimize. It legitimizes her, maybe potentially really seeing her grandmother because she's not afraid. What's weird is we we saw we heard we recall something very similar with our eldest, where she would say, "I see somebody," and at some point we connected the dots, and it was also my my wife's mom. So. It's it's not crazy to think, but that's what's going on right now over here. But again, hey, okay, I want I want to hear your your story. So probably I was probably around the same age as your your daughter, um, and there'd be times where you know, depending on like my mom's relationship with her dad, my grandfather, like we, you know, we, if we needed a place to stay, we'd stay at his place, uh, and his place was kind of in a it was in the in the woods it was it was kind of there it had weird vibes right um but i remember i remember being in the bed with my mom we're watching tv and we're we were on a like a ground level area and there was a window in that room and i remember looking over and i saw uh, a lady hanging upside down looking at me looking at us what the fuck yeah it, i wasn't scared We're watching tv and Wait, she's upside down yeah she's like up, upside like a vampire like a vampire right yeah yeah because it was a, it was kind of like a half window um right. so it's from her waist up but but it was but it was you know she's upside down okay <laughs> and and uh i said to my mom I'm like mom who's this lady looking at us in the window She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the lady right there. And, you know, I'm pointing. She's like, I don't see any lady. You know, what does she look like? So I start describing her. And then my mom gets freaked out, you know, because basically her mom, my grandma, she died around the same time I was born. So um, I never got to meet her. I never saw her. Uh, I'd never seen pictures of her. I was still young. And the way I described her, hairstyle, hair color, glasses was what she looked like before she passed and so and you I, you had no knowledge of that right like there was no picture or nothing for you to and see and you remember no. this vividly as an adult right now i do yeah i remember it apparently it's a story that's been told to you and then that's how you remember it. no 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 this this one i remember apparently it happened twice i don't remember the other time but i do remember this one time um and i do also remember that like she was kind of like it it there was color to her she was a little but it was still kind of like translucent a bit you know what i mean um but it was definitely like who's this person looking at us but i wasn't i was not scared by it i was just like what's going on on here so well there's that whole thing where they say that kids you know have a sensitivity to yeah Yep. Stuff like that. But I mean, my story, which is yesterday, is nothing like you guys' story. My daughter just now she has this thing where she wants to go to the bathroom as we put her in bed. Like that's her new thing to not go to sleep right away. She's like, oh, all of a sudden I gotta go to the bathroom. And we tell her before, go to the bathroom now. She's like, no, no, no I don't have to go to the bathroom. I mean, she's in the bed. I gotta go to the bathroom now. So I'm with her in the bathroom last night and she's sitting on the toilet and then she goes to me. She looks at me and she goes, please don't let the monsters bother like hurt me or or no no can you can you protect me from the monsters that's what she said she said can you protect me from the monsters 
And I'm like, protect you from the monsters. What monsters? She goes, the monsters in the house. And I go, there's no monsters in the house. And then, and then she heard a noise, which happened to be my girl walking up and she grabbed my hand. And she goes, the monsters are coming. <laughs> That's serious. And looks at me and I go, that's your mom walking up. Don't worry about it. I go, don't worry. There's no monsters here. And if there was, I got them. Don't worry about it. I'll protect them. Goes, okay. And she just wouldn't let go of my hand. Even when she saw that her mom was at the door, she still held my hand all the way till she got into the bed, which I was like, come on. <laughs> I don't want her to get in that mode where she thinks, you know, the, the closet monsters when we were kids, like yeah. there's a monster in the closet, you know? Well, this is all what you have to look forward to, George. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you you ready for that, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I definitely believe the possibility of anything. I think that any moment where you decide that you know better, right. that you all of a sudden have put yourself at a superiority to other people in their experience. Right. And I, I'm not that guy. So, I mean, I could totally, I think the idea of spirits, too, it just seems very possible that you know energy doesn't die it just it transfers into something else and so if there's a, a strong connection to a person or a place or something is not quite done I, I could see some of that energy sticking around so on that note you know I mean I just hope to be able to uh you know call my son and make sure that he's he's not feeling frightened on a nightly basis but from what uh, you were talking about, uh, KGB, obviously, it sounded like the experience was more of just something uh, that you were sort of seeing, not being frightened of. So, yeah, more I'd curiosity. Hope, I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd hope if something happened like that, that it happened like that for him. But right. well, I don't know about the upside down part. That's a little weird. <laughs> I would have been scared. I would have been like, fuck out of here. Yo, yo my, I was really close to my grandfather, right? And he passed away. And I remember saying, like, I, I was already a teenager. And I was like, yo, grandpa, I don't want to see you. I love you. Just don't show yourself to me. I know you probably want to talk and hang out. Do not do it. I'm not into that shit. <laughs> <laughs> my, mother, my mother said that to, like, everybody that she was close to that passed away. Like, at the at the funeral, she'd be like... <laughs> Love you, but don't fucking come at me. <laughs> I, I don't play that shit. <laughs> hey, hey, Jordan, before we start to wrap up, um, when we were setting this up, you had mentioned that you've got uh, an announcement. So I wanted to get in on that and see see what that was about. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's highly relevant to this show. It's not just a plug here at all. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. So, uh, Another thing that I haven't mentioned that I do is I do a lot of executive producing or, or just basically quarterbacking on projects. Um, you know, I'm close with a couple of producers and a bunch of MCs. And so, you know, I try to help things come together. So um, when my son was born, I had already sort of been thinking like I'd like to put together a sort of project that, you know, celebrates him coming into this world and at the same time, you know, help some other fathers sort of celebrate uh, their seats. So at first I had this, I mean, I've done enough projects with like just one specific producer or a bunch of different producers that I felt like I want to do some live instrumentation stuff. And I brought together a group of people 
that we're all sort sort of supposed to build on each other's work. So I'd get you know a baseline from a bassist, and I'd give it to somebody else to put drums, and I'd give it to somebody else to put keys. And I was really excited about it, and it just did not fucking come together. Like I got these dope bass lines from this one guy. And I give them to this other homie that was actually going to play like NPC drums. His thing is really like playing stuff out, like not programming it. And I gave it to him and he just, he like sampled the baseline, chopped it up and completely made something new. And (laughs) it was completely done. So I couldn't really give it to anybody else because Uh there was not much to add to at that point. So it all sort of just fell apart. And I definitely know having done this enough times that, if it's if it's not coming together and there's not a feel and a sense that it's coming together properly, just let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go and do something else. So I was going to get a bunch of MC friends to hop on those beats eventually when they're done. So I I decided, well, why worry about the live instrumentation? You have got enough beats on your computer from a bunch of different producers that you love that haven't been used yet for projects, just pick your favorite ones and just start building the actual tracks. So I decided that I was going to do a project called Sunrise. um, And it's a dedication of fathers and sons. And I was thinking like, you know, there's a bunch of people I'd sort of like to hear together and you know, a couple different pairings that I think people would be really excited about. So uh, basically, I've been putting it together for the last couple months, I guess, two months or so, and sort of getting people on the tracks. And uh, so far, there's a track with Knowledge the Pirate and 38 Spech, which I'm really excited about, because... uh, Ahoy! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Pirate was the recording with a lot of people for a long time. He only basically would record with Rock Marciano, and that was about it. And, um, you know, I tried to get him on a track with Conway on his first album, and there was going to be a remix to one of the favorites off that album, but it sort of fell through. And then eventually Pirate started working with some more people, and, like, everybody sort of wanted to hear him with Griselda. So eventually Big Ghost got him on a track uh, with Conway. And then he hopped on a track with Rome Streets and he's been on a track with Lord Juco, but still like pretty minimal. But I knew that people would definitely probably like to hear him on a track with 38 Spech. So uh, that was the first track that I was really excited about. And then also, so this sort of letting the cat out of the bag a little bit. And I should probably let somebody else announce this, but uh, I'd been working with Curious Curious George on a project and we're trying to get different guests on it and at one point I was trying to get Bodega Bams on it I just felt like it was a good like this generation and that generation coming together in New York Um, and I I just felt like it, it would be a good kind of mesh but it didn't quite work out and then right at the point that that project was done bams came to me and he said like whatever you need you need the verse for whatever like let's do it so i was like all right well let's let's do it for this project instead so i got bams to do this verse and he does this verse and hook it's just like every time i hear it, it almost brings a tear to my eye for real mm. and 
then I got curious to jump on it because I was like, fuck it. Well, let's still make right. the track the happen. Original idea, right. Even if it's not for the Curious album. And as soon as he heard the beat and he heard the verse and the hook, like he felt the same way. And I know that y'all have read that letter that his son wrote to him on Father's Day. And that hit me hard. That's it made me feel like I really need to have Curious on this. And so right. just like the vibe of that track is like, it's like a, a real strong track. It makes me feel like, unlike the way I started the project, that it really is happening properly at this point. So uh, those are two of the tracks. Planet Asia is working on something right now, too. Oh. And uh, a couple more people that are not confirmed yet. But yeah, so. That's awesome. Very oh, dope, man. man. Congrats, man. Yeah. Sunrise, right? Sunrise, yeah. All right. Well, we have to give us the heads up when it's all said and yeah, we, done. We gotta we do like help. a little listening session. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, I wanna I wanna say to you, yes, Ben. I don't know if you remember this, but I, I literally have been in the game forever, and I ran a magazine called Thick Magazine from '94 to 2009. Yeah. And I used to hit you up for mixtapes all the time, which we reviewed, you know, issue to issue for a lot of years. Yeah, yeah, I remember that magazine. Yeah, we've definitely connected before, for sure. Full circle, (laughs) for sure. I got before we wrap up. I've got one more story for you, if you guys got time. That uh, is a real interesting one. So, you know, everybody tries to give you advice, and everybody tries to have some kind of advice, and it, you know, because. All kids are different. All situations are different. It usually doesn't just cleanly and clearly transfer over to you and work for you. Sometimes it may, but a lot of times it doesn't. So my piece of advice that's going to sound completely ridiculous and just not what you think, like the opposite of what you think, is this. As soon as you get out of the hospital, try and going staying at a hotel for like five days to seven days now it seems counterintuitive and it specifically seems counterintuitive because you want to get home because home feels like home base and it's everything is going to be easier once you get there but what you don't realize is how difficult it is when you have this newborn to take care of all the stuff that you have to do on a daily basis cooking food cleaning laundry all that sort of stuff so about a week or two in to him arriving home, we had a heat wave here in BC. And it was a heat wave on a level that just up from us in the interior of BC experienced the hottest day in Canada ever recorded, mm-hmm. ever. And that heat was hotter than Texas has ever got, Damn. ever. That's wow. crazy for up there. Yeah, I heard so there was like crazy shit going on in Canada in the summer, but I didn't realize it was that big. It was, it was intense. And before it got to that intensity, it was already so hot that it was starting to affect our kid. And Miles, his name is Miles. He started to have a temperature one night that was, you know, approaching like heavy fever. And so we're new parents and we're just scared as shit. Like as soon as we start seeing that, we're just getting really like worry and we don't got an air conditioner we got a couple dyson fans but that's not really cutting it you know i mean it's not cooling the house down enough so all of a sudden and this with 
you know, at the very beginning, this is with no sleep at all. We start brainstorming. Like, we're like, what are we going to do? So we set up a tent on our deck. And we're like, maybe the tent will sleep outside. Maybe that it's just as hot in the tent, <laughs> clearly, as it is like For outside sure. the tent. Like it's not any cooler in the tents. So yeah. we try that out. That's not working. So we have underground parking uh, in our condo. And so my wife is like, maybe we go sleep down there. So we head down there. It's cooler. But all of a sudden we start realizing like, <laughs> But there's no bathroom. We got to go like all the way back up to the crib to go to the bathroom or like any amenities or anything else we got to do. Like, is this really going to work? Like, maybe we can fall asleep in the car. But and how are we going to sort of lay him out? How's he going to sleep? So it's now starting to get late at night. It's like 11 o'clock at night. And we're just like really getting it with sand, really getting like a little panicky about it. Right. And then it just comes to me. I'm like, fuck it. Let's just go to a hotel. Like, let's just go to a telly because you know that every hotel has definitely got an air conditioner. Mm -hmm. So I start, you know, hitting up calling hotels. Almost everything is fully packed up. But we managed we managed to hit uh, one of those online sites and get a good price. And I think we booked it for I think we booked it for three nights. So like immediately, as soon as we book it, we just pack the car. Boom, we're over to the hotel. We get into that room and it is like frigid, frosty. It's like so nice. We're like, oh, this is exactly <laughs> what we need. Like this is perfect. As the days go on, the heat wave starts to extend and it's getting longer and longer. Y'all still there? Yeah, yeah we're, we're here. here. No, okay, so it starts to get longer and longer and we're like, we need to extend this, this stay. So I'd go down to the desk like almost daily and the guy's telling me, like, we're packed up. We're so full that I'm turning down hundreds of people every day. But this guy was nice enough to match the price that we got, which is not the price they're charging anymore, every day. And we end up staying there for a week. You've got, you can order food. They come clean the place every day. Mm -hmm. And they've got a bunch of furniture that just happened to work perfectly to, like, set up our bassinet and all that, like right next to the bed and the air conditioner, I tell you, nothing has made me feel more like calm and in control and like things were not easy, but like, you know, doable than that week in this whole four months. Like that actually felt like, well, that's how you got to do parenthood, man. <laughs> Put everything else on somebody else and you just got to focus on little done. That's it. That makes but, sense. But was the baby crying doing anything where you felt like the people in the rooms next to you could hear it? There was so many families because that was the thing. People who didn't have air conditioners, they were the people who were like fleeing to the hotels. Yeah. So there was tons of people with pets. It was a pet friendly hotel. So there'd be like, we'd see like all these people with strollers and pets just rolling through. Well, the everybody's hall. like, yeah, we're all in it together. Let's go. <laughs> all in the right. same day. It was definitely like, you know, it was that's a good, that's a good idea. Go yeah, that, that, that's hotel a good idea. Right, so you can yeah. still chill out and get your mind right before you go back home. Yeah, I mean, like I said, counterintuitive. I don't know if it'd work for everybody, just like any advice you get. But I got to say, it definitely worked for us. No, I think that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Jordan, man, 
It's a pleasure, bro. Thank you for sharing all these stories, and we wish you the best on uh, on this fatherhood journey, bro. We we look yeah. forward to hearing that. That yeah, you got to check project. in. So sure. no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank anytime you, so you want to come back, me. yeah. Anytime you want to come back, uh, we'll get the progress update. For sure, I'll definitely let you know when it's done. And you know, any MC dads that I think are you know up to snuff, I'm gonna send them your way. Let's so. do it. Let's do it. Appreciate all you. right. All right. Bro, All right, man. Peace, man. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child.